0: And iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave.
1: Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I'm your host, Pastor Brad Mathias, here with my sidekick, Robert Beeson. Thank you so much. See, he just went with it this time. For those regular listeners, you know Robert hates to be called sidekick, but this week he's working on it because God has convicted his heart.
2: No, anyway, because you told me that if I didn't make a big deal about it, you'd stop saying that. Yeah, I but I didn't mean it. I had my fingers crossed. Well, it just sounds like you think you're Johnny Carson or something, like, I, and, I, and you're not really all that. So let's just move into this.
1: This is podcast. So at, big picture is that we've had a full spring. We've had a chance to interview some amazing people. I think we've well over 20 uh, podcast episodes with each one a unique and really inspiring story or, or resource for parents. And, and by now people have sort of gotten the flow. They it's understand true. They understand that we're really not right. And so a, as fathers, as husbands, as guys that are living real life, we bump into people from time to time that are
2: just as crazy as we are. It's true. That's very true. And this guest is... Um, Definitely in that category, right?
1: Well, uh, that's, that's exactly right. And, and I felt like we should at least sort of give some historical context maybe to this next guest.
2: Okay. Well, why don't you take us into that, Brad? Because you guys are the ones that, you know, go off into the wilderness together and um, come back changed men. <laughs> well, I mean, if you,
1: if you really hear that, you know, not all the stories are true that you hear, but there are some that are. True, and one of those is that this uh, particular guest and I have been known to go on long road trips.
2: Yes, yeah. that's true. Yes, we're talking about Brian Harden, um, and so I'm just going to take the reins here because Brad is is slacking on his job. Brian is this amazing man that's been in our lives, Brad's life, uh, longer than mine, but. Um, they uh, they planted a church together, but Brian is probably best known as an author and speaker, and the founder of Daily Audio Bible, which is approaching one million downloads, which is just f- phenomenal. I can't get my head around. Wait, 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 wait! wait. He's exceeded eighty million downloads. He's approaching one hundred million. <sighs> yes. Yeah,
1: oh, we're,
3: million over, we're over. We're over one hundred million now. There you go. See,
2: Brian, welcome, and thank you for telling the thank truth. You. <laughs> thank you.
1: Thank
3: you. It's good well, to be here with
1: you guys. Yeah, so Brian is the grand pooh bear of Christian podcasting. It seems a little embarrassing to have him on our podcast. That's probably why we're fumbling
2: around like we are.
1: Yeah, we're actually in awe of his greatness. And, um, you know, he's he, he reads through the Bible every year. He has a group of very dedicated Christians throughout the world, mm. and, and I think that's in four or five languages now, that hundreds of thousands of people every day download their daily devotion with Brian, I do.
2: Yeah, and it's um, it really is remarkable. So, Brian, we're just again, we're delighted to have you here. And and so you,
3: you all are too kind. So, thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: So, Brian, uh, I've known you well over a decade now, and we've raised our kids together. We've mm-hmm. we've seen some stuff. Um, and so, I don't want to be yeah. too too uh, familiar. Our audience doesn't know you, and I want to make sure we at least express that. But I know for a fact that um, in the middle of ministry to literally 100 million people over the last decade through the Daily Audio Bible, you're speaking, you've written several books, you're writing more books, you have a platform, you have a significant influence into the lives of millions of Christians, no exaggeration, and yet you have your own family that you have to come back to after every trip. Uh, mm, yeah t- tell our audience a little bit what's it like to come back from you know the sort of rock and roll experience of being on the road as a as a speaker or uh, topical expert and then you come back to home. how does
3: that how does that work? Well, I mean, I think first of all, um, the the rock, rock and roll lifestyle is a little overrated hmm. and, and uh, so, you know, for me, I, you know, I've talked to lots and lots of people who are like, oh, it must be so nice to just be able to get on planes and go here and do that. And and, and yes, it's a, it's a great joy, but literally, and I know that you know this, Brad, all Hampton Inns look the same. And, um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter where you are. And a lot of times I'll find myself, you know, happy to be able to minister, but longing to be home. So... For me, uh, you know, getting off of a plane late on a Sunday night and getting in through my front door is like I've reentered my own oasis where people who know me and love me, regardless of what I do, um, is, is important. So, you know, it doesn't feel so much like I have two lives. It just feels like, you know, um, lots of weekends. I'm, I'm gone for a couple of days doing what God's called me to do. And a lot of times I'm taking one of my kids with me or my wife with me, somebody with me uh, just to have, you know, I've just basically kind of tried to turn it sometimes into an opportunity for one-on-one uh, because I've you know, got a lot of kids. So having that one-on-one time isn't always easy to carve out when you have a short week.
1: Yeah, that, that's actually really helpful. I know there are parents uh, who are listening who either have incredibly busy careers uh, where both parents work, have uh, rigorous schedules, and there there's a push comes to shove because often you have choices that you have to make uh, and, and there's no right or wrong. There's just different variations of of what you have to do. It sounds like you've really come up with some yeah. excellent solutions where you're combining what you know God's called you to do with the role of being a parent And instead of separating them, you found a way to to connect them. I know you even bought an RV at one point so that your family could travel with you on some of your book tours.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, when Ezekiel was born, um, yeah, I I made a specific decision with Jill, my wife, that I wasn't going to miss it. And, you know, I wasn't going to be somewhere else when uh, he took his first step. And so, yeah, I think just the intentionality of that, But I mean, for me, I just felt like what we do, I mean, you were there, you you know, you saw the Daily Audio Bible begin, we knew each other before it existed in the music industry, and so, you know, it, it kind of came as a tidal wave and just washed away a lot of... I guess, the kingdom that I was trying to build for myself. and um, But it gave me this place to go like, all right, how, how do you do this right? And I don't, I don't know that there's an answer for anybody that would be like, if you just do these three things, then you're doing it right. But I just decided, you know, I, if we're going to do this, if I'm going to leave what I love, which was the music industry, and move into ministry, which is something that I had sworn off ever doing, <laughs> Yeah. Because, you know, my dad was a pastor and, and anyone who was in ministry can shake their head up and down. Yes, like it's not it's not easy. It's 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 very difficult. So I I just realized, you know, I cannot lose my family over this. I, that would not be what God wanted. And so somehow we've we've got to weave this in. And, and that's always been the challenge because there's always demands. But it wouldn't matter if it we're ministry or it wouldn't matter what I did. You know, I think the culture is so busy and, um, and and we feel guilty if we're not over busy like we feel guilty if we're not on 10 all the time and so our lives are just lived that way if we don't weave our family in then we'll end up with you know grown up adults that we don't even know and um, just kind of move into our, our lives apart from them and I just feel like the kids are maybe m- my greatest gift so I haven't done it perfectly, and I'm, you know, like I'm talking, like it's, it's all n- nice, but it's the vigilance of just being aware, and trying to f- figure out where their hearts are. Um, that has, if, if, if I've been successful as a father, it's been that, just trying to be aware of where they're coming from and trying to um, be intentional about their hearts.
1: Yeah, I know that's an area that uh, you and I both have had real uh, significant discussion about. On just as we pastored together and as we've raised our kids together, this idea of understanding that God is after our hearts personally—that the the mission of the gospel is this restoration of the brokenhearted—and then as we've sort of explored that as pastors and in ministry, we realized that that's the same mission statement as parents we have to live from. In other words, this is not about uh, forcing our kids to behave a certain way. It's much more about reaching the child's heart, um, about engaging them at the heart level. And so it became very clear to to both of us that the only way to really prove your love to someone was to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. There's just no shortcut for that.
3: Right. And And so when
2: you, let me interrupt you for a second, but because you guys talk about this a lot and I I think it's true, but to break it down for, for someone listening here that like the concept of going after the heart instead of maybe behavior or, you know, compliance, what does that look like? And I know, I think you hit the key one and that's time, but for someone just listening, going, okay, you know what? That makes sense. I want to go after my
3: kid's heart. Where do you start with that? What does that mean? well I mean for me on a very practical level it's the difference between behavior modification and you know who this person is emerging to be I think the behavior modification which you know we would call discipline um, is the band aid like we're just Mm -hmm. trying to get the kids to behave when we're not willing to enter into the territory of why they're doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. and I think that that goes throughout all of the ages, like, you know, I've, I've got a four-year-old, I've got a toddler, I've got a four-year-old, and why does he do the things that he does? He can't really explain, you know, all of the intricacies of how he reached a decision, but there are reasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of them at his age are just impulse, but, you know, some of them are, are important. And so to just be able to speak to that, like, for example, we don't tell lies, that's not good. Maybe all that he can manage, whereas, you know, if I'm talking to a 19-year-old, that's that's different. But I think that a lot of times we're just trying to get the kids to be nice to each other. You know, we're yeah. just yeah. trying to get the kids to clean their room. Just take out the garbage without griping anymore. You know, I'm putting a roof over your head and feeding you. The least you could do is take out the garbage and keep it clean. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but going after their heart is is to uniquely look at that person and go, how how are they wired? Like my son Max is completely creative and he couldn't keep a clean room unless his girlfriend's coming over to save his life. <laughs> but... Why? You know, like what's motivating that? Is it irresponsibility or is it that he's wired with a creative temperament and things are going to look a little different for him? That doesn't mean I don't make him clean his room, but it means that I understand that he's looking at the world a little differently. And his journey and whatever becomes of him, what he, what he does in life is going to come from that place. So how can I cultivate that rather than just always crashing down on him for doing something that I consider irresponsible? I think it's the blend of understanding. Discipline is certainly necessary. We're shaping these kids' lives. Yeah. But... Without considering who they're emerging to become, what it is that they're uniquely called to be, and, and how that's shaping in their personality and the things that they struggle with and the things that they're victorious and those are unique. And so if we can be there to interpret the things that they you know, struggle with and be there to affirm the things that, um, that they're really gifted in, then we're going after their heart in a much more holistic way than just trying to get them to be good boys and girls.
2: Mm, that's really good. How do you deal with, um, you know, marrying those two things, discipline and, you know, uh, behavior modification at the same time as trying to recognize the uniqueness of who they're created to be um, in situations where I get frustrated with one of my girls for why are we continuing to have this problem you've, of you not telling the complete truth or hiding something from me? And and I mean, there are some practical you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't tell lies, you shouldn't be deceitful and that kind of thing, but um, it's hard to find that balance. So I'm curious to like, if you were in a situation, Brian, that where you're not, if you were in my situation, not happy with some of the behavior that's going on in the home with one of your kids. Um, how do you practically like recognize that and go, look, we've got a, this is a problem, but how do I pursue their heart? Is it is it really just time? And listening? Or are there uh, things that you found that have worked for you practically?
3: I think that all of what you just said starts way before that ever happens. Hmm. I think that there's relational currency that we have with everybody we're in a relationship with. And our kids are no different. We just sometimes assume, well, I'm, I'm the authority. I'm your father. I've known you since you were born, you know. Hmm. But just to assume that they even have an an inkling at all of where you're coming from is a pretty big assumption because, you know, you're twice their age, and although you know where they're coming from because you've already lived through those years, this is the first time around for them. So I think the the relationship is the important thing so that when the discipline does come, it's coming from a place where the, the kid knows uh, – I'm loved. Like, this isn't the question. It's not like if I'll just clean my room, I'll be loved. I am loved. And um, whether I understand or agree with this discipline, I'm loved. I, I know it's coming from that place rather than, you know, the kid that's constantly getting beat, beaten down for everything that, that, that they do wrong, mm. which only gives them the messaging of, I'm not, you know, I'm never going to measure up. And I think the kids carry that into their lives, and then that's how they live. I'm never going to measure up. So I think we have to be really, really careful with um, the fact that even if we we have a rebellious teenager or something that's just not on the same page at all and seems to not be hearing anything we're saying or paying attention whatsoever, they are. And um, I know that. I mean, I lived that you know my dad would tell me things that I wouldn't really understand or that I might ignore because whatever I, I was interested in was more instant gratification but I did listen mm. and I do remember so the things that we're planning in our kids lives they're there and they will grow It it is shaping um th- their worldview and it is shaping their personal view of themselves mm. and so I, I think you know it's sobering to know you have that kind of power yeah mm. and you should um, you should take it with with the sobriety that it it needs like this this person's life is in your hands, you're stewarding them and um so it's not just about getting them through school and into a job that you don't have to support them anymore it's like this this is the future the baton gets handed to that generation and how they lead the world forward after we're gone matters
1: well you know i'm listening and i'm trying to be as quiet as i can because this is passionate stuff for me um i i i could not agree with it more and and i I noticed that the three of us, Robert, you and I, are all roughly the same age, even though I won't admit that usually in public. I mean, we're all, you know, pushing 50. Uh, and the, the bottom line is that, that we were raised by a generation of parents who really did the discipline thing. Um, you know, that there was this concerted effort in our generation within the church to really, truly root out evil. You know, um, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of discipline, and there was a lot of pressure put on parents to make sure that their kids looked the part on Sunday morning, and uh, we were sort of marginalized at a, at a level that uh, we could sense but not understand. And uh, I think you know, for many, we left the church then as adults, and and then in our you know early. 30s or late 20s, we sort of returned to the church. And in doing so, we, we sort of carried this chip on our shoulder that we are not going to do what our parents did, right? Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. You know, like, I am not going to be that person. I am not going to just, um, I am not going to just focus on the negative. I want more than that. And so um, learning how to find the balance between discipline and And the nurturing of a child's heart has been elusive, but a worthwhile effort, I believe. Um, Yeah. What would you say to the parent who is possibly aware, maybe for the first time, that what they're doing isn't working? That, Mm. that, you know, what they thought, you know, maybe they've just discovered their 13-year-old has been sneaking out at night. And that there's been deception and that there's been a, a pattern of, of behavior that they just were completely unaware of. And, and it's really undermined that parent's confidence. And now they are in not only fear, but anger. And, and they just don't know what they're going to
3: do about that. What would you say to a parent like that? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I start today building that currency that we were just talking about rather than thinking oh I've already blown it because it's never blown and yeah I mean if a, if a kid you know if one of my kids is doing something that I think is dangerous or is questionable or that is maybe going down a path that would lead to something like that I, I mean I'll put a stop to that as soon as I find out about it and I don't really care what they think but it's not coming from a place of you know, can you just get your act together so I don't have to deal with you and and more of you know, no, um, your life is more important to me than how you feel right now. And uh, someday, maybe you'll understand that. I hope so, but I am coming at this from a place of love. I cannot stand and I think this I think this mim- mimics the way God works with us i cannot stand to see what that could do to you Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and so you know we have the discipline of the holy spirit in our lives or we move into a season of testing or something like that you know we'll immediately be mad at god that we're there because he should have protected us and we should have had utopia but a lot of times he's brought us into the wilderness to go like hey you need an identity shift here um you're forgetting who you are and so I think that's what happens with our kids. They don't quite know who they are, but they've they've tasted freedom, and it's intoxicating. And we have to be there to interpret that for them and tell them, like, look, um, this is not who you are. You will get to decide who you become, but right now, I'm sort of in charge of that. And so <laughs> I, I feel like you know this is this yeah. is this is really unhealthy. Yeah. So here's what we're gonna do, and it can you know be be anything you know for me discipline is 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 less about how mean can i be and more like you know what's going to get their attention the most so you know so for different kids it's different things and you know different children have been um you know uh, more adventurous than others in my house so if i take away one of their phones that might wreck their lives whereas if i take away the phone of somebody else it may be no big deal So, you know, but we know our kids and so it's, it's a matter of getting their attention as opposed to, you know, how much can I make you hurt? Yeah.
1: Well, I think, uh, we could probably talk all day about different, uh, scenarios, different things that, that are really important to parents, things that the parents are really trying to sort through. Brian, you've written two books. I know you have a third one that's about to be published, um, and I know that in particular, uh, Reframe would be helpful for parents who are walking into maybe some desert seasons of their life and are wondering, you know, how do, I, how do I get my faith to make sense to me in the middle of a moment of life that doesn't make sense? How does that work? And you wrote that book specifically, I believe, for people who were in those seasons of testing.
3: Yeah, I mean, when I when I sit down and and um, and write, most of the time I'm trying to figure out something I need to know and reframe. Is that I need to know like, what is this idea of a relationship with God? Because that's what I've heard my whole life. What? But but what is what is that? Like, how does that take shape? And I I do think that. writing that book not only helped me understand what a relationship with God is shaped like, it helped me understand, okay, if this is how God is in relationship with me and I with him, then this is how I need to relate to everyone, uh, including my children. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it would certainly be helpful in that area.
1: Yeah. I I really appreciate your time today. I know you have an incredibly busy uh, schedule and Um, I know our listeners uh, will be checking your resources out. If you don't know or are not familiar with the Daily Audio Bible, you can find it on iTunes. Uh, You can find it on the web, dailyaudiobible.com. And Brian is also available at brianharden.com. If you are interested in having him speak or uh, be a part of a conference or a church event, he is an expert on a variety of topics, including the Word of God. (laughs) Um, but also just his book, uh, in particular, I feel like there are parents who would really benefit from reading the book reframe, which was published by nav press. You can get it on amazon.com. You can get it on a variety of, of websites and stores out there. Any Christian bookstore would have it. And I, I just think there's a, uh, a breath of fresh air out there for a parent who's very, very confused and frustrated needs to reset and uh i think that could really be uh, a moment for them of 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 beginning again as we've said a couple times today robert do you have any closing thoughts
2: no i'm just um you know every time we talk to brian there's always a different you know and what i'm taking away from this more than anything is as i think about my kids i'm just going to mess up what brian has put so eloquently but i just you (laughs) know to, to, to pay attention to the 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 what we're building into our life. Instead of reacting to everything, be intentional about building into the you know, relational currency that you have with your kids. And I, I just think that's such a great reminder. And so thank you, Brian, for being with us today.
3: Wow, thank you guys for having me.
0: Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance, all rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax-deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at wordpress at brilliantlybrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave.
1: What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So, check it out. Check it out. Hi, it's Pastor Brad with Brilliantly Brave Parenting, and I am letting you know about a really awesome podcast. If you are a solo parent or you know someone who's solo parenting right now, have I got a podcast for you, uh, Dear friend, co-host of our show and my partner in crime, Robert
2: Beeson has started something really spectacular. Robert's here in the studio. Tell us about it. Yeah, thanks, Brad. So Solo Parent Society podcast is talking to solo parents out there that are doing it alone. We uh, talk to other solo parents that are out there, talk about their struggles and insights that they've come across, as well as experts in the fields that solo parents deal with the most. I was a single parent for eight years, raising three girls. My co-host was a solo parent. Raising a boy and a girl Also for I think about seven years So together we talk about these different topics And we have great guests Either solo parents like I said Or experts in the field So it's it's new, it's authentic, it's real, it's raw And it's, and it's super fun Solo Parent Society Podcast
1: Brilliantly Brave is supporting and encouraging And endorsing what this is And if you want to check it out It's available what, on iTunes? Yeah, everywhere that Brilliantly Brave is Awesome, thanks